On this episode of Drinks with Binks, we are still staying home to stay safe, although this location I'm at sort of looks like Fubo is holding me hostage, but I digress. I'm excited this week to welcome in American pro wrestler, chief branding officer of AEW and ring commentator for AEW Dynamite on TNT, Brandy Rhodes. She tells us what working looks like in quarantine, why she originally didn't want to be involved in WWE, to now using her platform to make wrestling more inclusive for women and minorities. Oh, and her husband, pro wrestler Cody Rhodes, pops in to say hi as we sip on some tequila. Hey everyone, welcome on in to Drinks with Binks. I have a bit of a different setting here today, you might notice. I am no longer in my apartment. I am now being held hostage by Fubo TV. Jokes, not yet. I have relocated out into the wilderness because it was very difficult in my Manhattan jail cell for the last 68 days, finally able to get some air, some sun, and still be able to stay safe and social distance and make sure that you guys do this right now because we're all staying home to stay safe during this pandemic, which is going on for quite a long time because we've been doing this show. We've been working from home for at least, I don't know, it seems like a thousand days at this point and probably for a thousand more. But we are very lucky to still be able to do the show. And for that, I am excited to welcome in our guest for this week, American professional wrestler, Chief Brand officer of AEW and a ringside commentator on AEW Dynamite, which is on TNT Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, the one and only Brandy Rhodes. Thank you so much for joining us here on Drinks with Thinks. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. That was an awesome intro. I feel like uh, <laughs> I really hone in on the intros because I do a lot of intros for my show. So that was that was considerably better than what I normally do. So thank you. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that. I was improvising as to where I am in the world right now, which I realize people would think that is a very weird introduction, but I'm seemingly out in the wilderness. Um, <laughs> and Brandy, we are, of course, not in the studio right now. Where in the world are you? What's going on? How have you been sort of coping with uh, quarantine life? I'm actually in Jacksonville, Florida which is kind of home right now for AEW. Um, we're still doing a live TV show, which is incredible. In, in this uh, time, we are lucky to have amazing resources to do this. Um, our owner, Tony Khan, he owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we have a stadium area to shoot in, which is amazing. And we have one of the best medical teams, bar none, in all of sports. So we're able to be tested and feel safe. And this is kind of like my safe place. When I come to work, like I know everybody's good to go. Um, We're all healthy. So I can kind of let my hair down a little bit. Whereas if I just go to Target down the street, I'm fully strapped and like ready to go. Like I've got my my mask on. I've got my hand sanitizer, everything. I have my own like uh, wipes to wipe down the cards, even though they already wiped down the cards, which is rude. But I still do it. So, <laughs> well, that, that's fascinating, and you know, we're sort of starting to see this with other sports right now, trying to figure out a way to return to play. What is it like? What is it like, sort of covering a sport and being able to still work during this time? I mean, how often do you get tested? What's it like? What give us maybe like a little bit of behind the scenes of this kind of stuff? Yeah. So every, every time we leave and come back, we get tested. So, I mean, this is like a long stint because we just had, um, we had our live dynamite last Wednesday and then Saturday we had our pay-per-view double or nothing. And then we have another live dynamite this Wednesday. So, um, me and uh, my husband, Cody Rhodes, we've stayed the entire time. Um, so we've been lucky to not have to, to get blood drawn every time, but, um, it, anybody who leaves and comes back, um, they, they have to get tested. So, uh, when we come back, you know, we'll, do TV this week and then we'll leave and go home and come back again um, the following week and then we'll get tested. But that's really the only way to be safe. So uh, everybody's happy to do it. It doesn't feel great, (laughs) but, but uh, you know, it's good to know that everybody's being as safe as possible. That's the one like you get up your nose, right? The swab or something? Well, so this is blood for us. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the further testing would be the swab um, if there were any indications that we would need it. So, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one looks a little bit more difficult to deal with at least. But people are saying it's not that bad. So that's good. Remember, people, 
If you think you have coronavirus, go get tested. And everything that Brandy's saying is great to hear that people are taking this, of course, very seriously in many different professions as we try to come back into the okay. world again. I'll tell you the worst thing that you can have done uh, for anybody who's who's wondering about testing. The worst thing you can have done is have a camera put down your nose to look at your throat, which I've had. It's not great. Um, so so to have something go up is, is definitely better than to go down. Yeah. What and why did you have a camera down your throat? Oh, man, I have um, allergies that are that are pretty stout. Um, and I was having like a major allergy attack. So the doctor wanted to look at my throat to make sure that there wasn't like incredible swelling. That was the best way to do it. Yeah, that, that sounds like probably kind of painful or odd at the same time. It was time. actually okay. It's odd for sure. It didn't, it wasn't really painful, just awkward. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think anything going like that, just in those areas, you're like, no, I shouldn't have a camera at that point, but figure out your allergies. Hopefully that helps. Yeah, it's definitely helpful to know that you're okay. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, we do something on this show that I'm sure would be a surprise as the show is called Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. I realized I didn't introduce myself in this show, so that's something I need to work on going forward. But we have a drink, and you told us you wanted to have a tequila-based drink. So tell us what you are drinking today. Uh, so I have uh, what's called a Paloma, which I just learned today. Um, it's tequila and grapefruit, either juice or, or soda. So I've got um, soda. I've got San Pellegrino grapefruit. Mm. Um Reason I have this is because I also do a drinking show. Mine yes. is on YouTube. It's called Shot of Brandy. And we've done two episodes today already. So if things are a little wonky, apologize. Um, I've got another episode to go after our meeting. So, oh my yeah. gosh, you're making <laughs> me look pretty bad. I'm doing one show today and already just complaining like all the time about everything. But that is, that's great. And I, I did see that. I'm like a shot of brandy. This is, we don't normally have people in the same sort of industry while I clearly don't do what you do, but you have a drinking <laughs> show. What is it like, what has been, first of all, your maybe favorite drink that you guys have done and also your favorite guests that you've, you've drunk with? Oh, wow. Um, I think we've had just about everything to drink so far, but honestly, I'm going to say the Paloma was the first one that was brought to me that I was like, I'm not, I don't really know what this is. Um, and I'm not really a fan of grapefruit juice. So it's really good. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm having, I'm having another one today. So yeah, that, that's, that's a impressive. Testament. And I've had a lot of excellent guests, but most of our guests are, um, AEW stars. And the point is, you know, for people to get to know them outside of wrestling, um, which sometimes is hard. So, um, Oh gosh, I'm gonna have. You know what? I I know who my favorite is. My favorite was Orange Cassidy. I don't know if you're familiar with okay, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Um, wears those glasses. Too cool for school. Doesn't talk. He was talking all over the place. But we we got some drinks in him, and it, it got him loosened up. So it was people great. don't realize yeah. this is the key to a great interview, right? I mean, absolutely. There you go. Well, cheers. Great to cheers. have Brandy Rhodes on here today. And let's take a sip. I have a margarita, so. Mm. I'm happy with that. Well, what are we holds up? I know. What are we? What are we um, <laughs> toasting to today? Um, maybe we should just toast our health because these are trying times, and um, I hope you're feeling great. I'm feeling great. So, cheers to our health. Yes, I'm feeling <laughs> great. We hope everyone out there is also feeling great. And if you're drinking with us, cheers to you to staying home to stay safe during a difficult time. And <laughs> I do have to ask you though, before we go to break, Brandy, when you do your drinking show, like. How often do you drink and do you sort of engage in the, um, the alcohol when you're also trying to host a show? The whole time. Ah, it's, good, okay. it's, so we'll shoot typically three episodes in a day, which is so dangerous. I have decided though, that I have to pick the alcohol because we recently did an episode where we started with fireball, went to vodka and then went to Jack and I crawled out of the shot at one point because I couldn't stop laughing. So it got really wild. Um, so I, I, today's episodes is all tequila. That's why I asked that okay, you help great. me with the tequila. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Um, no, this is, I feel like I'm learning from like someone who's done the drinking show in the industry far longer than I have. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Okay. I'm taking notes. Like I'm in, I'm in drinking journalism school right now. <laughs> yeah. Stay, stay with the same alcohol as long as you can. Otherwise you're going to you're going to, well, I, I feel like I usually am a step less messed up than my guest, but yeah. 
the last time it was questionable. So, <laughs> so yeah. I have to control myself a little bit more. People don't realize like you're trying to think and throw a break and come up with questions and you're on camera, right? It's not just like you're at a bar. So you realize you're kind of stupid sometimes when you've had alcohol. I mean, that's just, I guess, sort of you're slowed down and I'm going to blame my, this me being kind of weird right now on the fact that I've had alcohol. I've only had one sip, but (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't take much. It really does not. It does not. But I I commend you for having to do an interview on drinking and then into another one and then into another one. I've only done that one time where I got, I got pretty wasted doing one interview and then I had to interview a New York Yankee right after which oh, wow. was not very wasted at the beginning. So I'm glad that I started that off like that way. Also glad we're starting off on an awesome note here with Brandy Rhodes from AEW. You guys don't go anywhere. We got a whole lot more on Drinks with Thanks. Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Einenkel. Hey, what's up, y'all? Tim Einenkel does one of the best interviews in all hip-hop and rap music. I'm Chuck D for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group Public Enemy to tell you he brings the noise. In-depth conversations with the artists you love. I think it's very important to know the artist. Like when you take Biz, for example, the stuff I wrote for Biz was in Biz style. The artist, the artist changes and grows and evolves. It's really like inside the active studio for hip hop. I think it's kind of ill that you tied that together from my first album on 125 Part 2 and you pulled over on your bike on 125th. Listen to Library Rap, the hip-hop interviews with Tim Heinenkel on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. No, our last interview was great. I love this. One of my best ones. Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks, and we have AEW's Brandy Rhodes here with us today. We are drinking a tequila based drink. She's got a Paloma. I have got a margarita. And I am in the wilderness right now. I'm actually out east. Like I'm not I'm not camping or anything like that. Although I would think we should take this show camping. I think that would be amazing. Although the internet connection would be pretty bad. Um, this is also not my house, so do not make this kind of money making this show. And all right. So, Brandy, um, you have done so many cool things in your career. And even just from before you got into wrestling, um, I was really fascinated to see. I didn't know this about you, that you had figure skated for 17 years, and which is a huge commitment in your life. And I, thought, I, I found that interesting because I figure skated competitively in Canada for not as long, about 12 years. But that is a huge commitment to, you know, to really dedicate your childhood, your adolescence and all the way through to when you're in college, Uh, you know, what sort of drew you to really committing to that sport for that long? Honestly, I I really don't know. My mom tells the story that I was four years old and watching the Olympics with her and Debbie Thomas was on. And she says, I looked at her and said, I want to do exactly what she's doing. Four-year-old me probably couldn't really articulate that well, so I'm sure I just pointed at the you know screen and said ice skates or something. But um, she took me to a skating rink, and um, we grew up you know pretty lowbrow. Um, we didn't we didn't have a lot of money growing up, and um, so I'm sure you know the rink we went to wasn't much. But uh, I went, and she said she could not get me off the ice. Mm-hmm. And from there, I think I was at an ice arena every day uh, for the next 17 years, which it wow. just turned into just this thing that I I felt like I was at peace doing all the time, no matter whatever else was. I mean, you were a skater, so you probably feel similarly, but there's nothing quite like being on the ice and, and landing a jump. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter to me if it's a singles or a double Mm -hmm. or a triple, like the, the feeling with like the wind blowing through your hair, when you've just jumped in the air with this tiny little blade and just landed like perfectly. It's just, I, I actually don't skate at all anymore because oh. I'm not good anymore. So it upsets <laughs> me and I get like frustrated and upset. So I, I actually tossed my skates uh, about two years ago because wow. I've had too many times of getting on the ice and like throwing things. So yeah, but you probably still have that muscle memory though. You'd think like, right. Like, do you ever feel when you're like walking around the house, you're like, 
kind of pretend to jump ever? No, maybe. Oh yeah. I mean, with, with wrestling, a lot of times I, I try to think of things that way. Um, especially where, you know, if I fall, I need to get up quick. Yeah. I always think of it that way. Like you got to bounce right up. You're a skater, like get your butt up. Like, <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's definitely good muscle memory in that sense of athletics. Also, you know, I'm, I'm the next month I'll be 37. And a lot of times I like to tell everybody that I'm old and stuff, but I still, I still got it. Yeah. You, still move. Uh, you definitely still got it. You can still move. Uh, I can't even imagine getting into a wrestling ring at any point in my life. So that's commendable, but for, okay. So for figure skating, you know, you, you spend your whole life during that time. You, you're on the other side of it now. What was, what's sort of your biggest takeaway when you look at it? You're like, I learned blank about myself or about life during that time. Um, discipline. I knew that if I didn't go to the rink and I didn't commit a hundred percent every time I was there, um, I always saw it, uh, when it would come to shows or competitions. So, um, I'm the same way now where, you know, I'm in a little bit of a toggle because I have an executive role here and, and that's really face forward. Um, and it kind of, unfortunately for me has to come before the in-ring stuff, um, which is why I'm not in ring as much as I want to be. But when I am in ring, it has to be a hundred percent. There can't be any excuses. I can't be, you know, my stomach can't hurt or my gear can't be wrong. It's just get out there and do it. And I don't think, uh, if I hadn't skated for so long and had the influence of so many awesome coaches throughout my career, um, I would probably give up a lot. Right. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's the reason that I don't give up here. <laughs> well, to stick with something that difficult for that long is, you know, a true testament to your dedication. And to then I found it curious, like you, you decided to quit when you were in college to, according to Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> pursue your degree and uh, career aspirations in broadcasting. I, you know, I'm curious as someone who I remember the moment, what it was when I was like, no, I'm done with this sport, which is a really odd, weird moment to get to. What was that for you? What was sort of like that tipping point? Oh man, I tried, I hung in there for as long as I could, but I think I had known for a while that I was really done. Uh, I wasn't ready to say it out loud though. So pretty much anytime anybody said, Hey, Brandy, will you do this? I was still doing it. So I was doing a lot of shows, um, still in college and, and, uh, I had signed up to compete for university of Michigan, um, which being super competitive, that wasn't a good idea if I couldn't do it all the way. So, um, I did a competition and I was one of the only, uh, senior competitors on the, on the team, which senior, you know, for those who aren't in the world with me and Julie, it's, it's kind of like the, the top of the tier as far as uh, levels mm-hmm. you compete at. Um, so I agreed to compete and the first competition I did great. Uh, so then I was like, yeah, I still got it. I'm going to still do this, even though, you know, I'm not practicing as much because I'm studying. And, um, I had one competition where my dad came with me instead of my coach, my coach wasn't able to make it. And my dad stood in the doorway, which is the same position my coach would always stand. And he really tried to like embody that for me. I went out there and thank God it was a short program because I fell on everything. So had it been a long program, I probably wouldn't be able to get up after yeah. like the first minute, but I fell on everything. Anything you fall on, I fell on. It was ridiculous. It was embarrassing. And, um, I walked off the ice and I looked at my dad and I said, I'm retiring. That was it. <laughs> and he said, you know what, kid, you had a great run, Yeah. <laughs> but he, he knew too. So it was kind of that moment of, I'm actually going to say it out loud. That's it. I did enough. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's great to have your, your father's support when you're making a decision like that. Cause not many people have that in that moment. And yeah, I feel like it's one of those things you dedicate so much of your life to. And it's like, yep. You know what? I don't think it's something you plan out like, okay, in a year or or quit or whatever. And then it's like, no, I, I think on one whim one day I was like, yeah, I, I'm pretty bad at this thing for, to be in it this long. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm hanging it up. Um, but then funny enough, you go into broadcasting and, um, you know, I'm curious about that side. Like what was it that drew you to that industry? Uh, so the other thing that I would always say when I was very, very young, besides I'm going to be a professional figure skater was also then my back backup job was I was going to be a TV news anchor always. Like since I was like five, I don't even know why I knew what a TV news anchor was, (laughs) but I did. And, um, you know, I, I ended up 
being somebody who was very interested in always being like super articulate. And even though I've been drinking all day, I'm probably over enunciating a lot of things, but that's just. I was going to say, you're very (laughs) impressive for having had three drinking shows. Like you got it, girl. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I just kind of started to model myself in, in the newscaster format. And I thought it was definitely the job for me. I played with it a lot. After college, I went right into doing uh, news reporting, um, realized very quickly, right out of the gate, you don't make a whole lot of money doing that. And um, I, I was having to nanny to keep up to just you know pay basic bills and things, uh, working seven days a week, working on Christmas. Um, I, I was a newscaster in um, Flint, Michigan, which mm. is one of the highest crime spots in right. the world. Yeah. So it was rough. Um, and then I got out of it and I said, Hey, I don't, I don't think this is for me. I think this was a, a lost dream here too. And I need to reformat. And then of course, a few years later, the opportunity presented itself for me to maybe get a master's in broadcasting. And I was like, maybe I do like broadcasting. <laughs> so maybe I should, maybe I should try this again. And if I get in, then I'll do it. And I applied and I got in and, you know, that was actually probably one of the, the better things that I did uh, go to Miami for, for broadcasting. Cause they really have like one of the top programs I've ever seen. Like Michigan's a fantastic school, but they don't have a huge journalism program mm-hmm. unless I haven't been paying attention and they've, they've amped it up since, <laughs> since I graduated, but um, they weren't super focused on like the TV broadcasting and the things and uh, Miami they're really honed in and it's exactly what you need to know if that's the field that you're getting into. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you have these incredible experiences before sort of the life that you're living right now, which when we come back from break, I'd be curious to find out just, you know, what you've used from both of these industries that are performance based, which is of course, part of what you're doing at this moment. Guys, we have Brandy Rhodes here, American professional wrestler with AEW on drinks with things. Don't go anywhere. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Hey everyone, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB. We've got Brandy Rhodes here. You know her from The Ring and Beyond with Wrestling AEW. And we were just discussing her previous life with figure skating competitively for 17 years, then being a TV news broadcaster, doing her master's in journalism in Miami, and then everything changed. And before we get into that, I just got to ask you, like those two very different industries, how have they helped you with what you're doing now? Uh, so the broadcasting in, and this is fantastic that somebody is actually asking this because um, when I took on the role of chief brand officer for AEW, the number one thing, and you know, wrestling is very male dominated. So when they see a female get in there, they're like, whoa, no, no, this isn't right. Um, The number one thing was, you know, how is she qualified for this? Well, I worked in broadcast journalism and a a third of what I do is dealing with the media. So I know how to deal with media and I know how to work with them. And I, uh, another third is marketing and I worked in marketing. Uh, I directed marketing for Princeton review when I was in Miami for about two years. So I definitely am one of the people who have the experience for the job. So, um, I think that angers people even more when they're like able to say, well, She's not a good wrestler then. <laughs> um, so it, it's funny though, but it, you know, there's other people that, are, that work within our company that do both wrestling and executive roles. And I'm one of the few that actually have a, has a degree to match it. So <laughs> I love that, you know, just like fight them with the brains and the experience. And it's, it's <laughs> exactly, I mean, obviously more than that too. I mean, like, <laughs> there's my master's degree. That's what, that's how I would fight. Um, but I think that's great. And I, I can't even imagine what it would be like trying to, when you first start wrestling and sort of like, you know, you mentioned a bit of the old boys club. It's also something that's very, um, secure in people's like mindset of like, this is what it looks like. This is what it should be like, you know, nostalgic in a way. 
when you were approached, first of all, I'd be curious, like what was this interaction like when you were approached by WWE to try out when you were in Miami doing your masters? It was really bizarre. So, um, I watched wrestling when I was a kid, uh, like a child child with my brother. He was a huge fan. Um, we would watch pay-per-views and shows together and I was interested in it because he was interested in it and I wanted to be friends with him. So, um, when he stopped watching wrestling, I completely stopped watching wrestling and uh, we just kind of moved on with our lives. The last, uh, interaction I had had with wrestling before I was contacted was a women's studies class at uh, university of Michigan. And in that class, they were taking an inside look at wrestling and how it demeans women. And they had shown a clip of, um, Trish, Trish Stratus, who's, you know, one of, uh, our favorite women in wrestling, you know, for forever now, but there was a period of time where she was subject to doing some things that weren't the, weren't the greatest. Um, and it was a clip of her barking on her knees, barking like a dog to get something that she wanted. So <laughs> I just remembered that when they reached out to me and I was like, yeah, nope, not for me. Um, never going to be barking on my knees and it's never going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it's not for me. And, um, I was actually working with a modeling agency in Miami at the time. And that's how they had reached out to me. Gotcha. Like that picked through a catalog and said, Oh, she looks nice. You know, she athletic, she's a skater. Great. Cool. Let's see if she wants to try out. And, um, my agent at the time had said, well, I think it's different than you're remembering it. She's like, you know, there definitely was a, a little bit of a shady time <laughs> with <laughs> wrestling, but now it's PG and, um, it represents different things. So I started watching at that period of time and, uh, Im immediately was blown away. Like I, I was, wanting to keep watching after one episode, I was like, well, wait, who's this person? And wait, why is he so mean? And what's, why is he, what's his problem with this guy? He seems really nice. And, right, yeah. and uh, just kind of got sucked in. And as soon as that happened, I knew this is, this is where I probably need to be. This is what's missing for me. Well, that's great that like you just had your moral compass intact to just sort of ask questions and figure out, you know, maybe hmm, I'm not just going to jump at this opportunity because it's brought to me for this. I do remember seeing that clip too. I feel uh, I did a phys ed degree. So we definitely talked about something like that um, during it, but it is nice to see that it, that it's changed and whatnot. And so for you then everything that 2011 year kind of sort of navigate me through it. How did you, you, you have to jump right into everything. Your whole world is completely changed. What were sort of maybe the pros and cons of, of really immersing yourself completely in this new lifestyle? Uh, well, for me, one of the pros was getting to move to Tampa, Florida. Um, I, I had lived in Miami for about five years and I really loved Miami, but, um, I didn't speak Spanish and it seemed like a huge roadblock for me in Miami. So I was kind of like, I, I, you know, I moved from Michigan to Miami and this was like my dream, but I feel like I'm not going as far as I need to here because I can't speak Spanish. And I was really hell bent on not learning it. So, <laughs> um, it was kind of like, well, wh what's my next step going to be? And that was essentially decided for me when I decided to take this job, I immediately moved to Tampa because that's where we were training and um, kind of engrossed me in a different uh, lifestyle in Florida where I kind of felt a little bit more like I belonged. Um, so that was, that was definitely the, the pro there, but then, you know, the minus is Miami beach is so beautiful and, right. and it's such a just tropical, wonderful place to be. So I had to leave all of that behind um, to, to get there and, and start this life. And um, you know, wrestling at the time, there was only one place that, that you would want to work. And that was WWE. Um, so no matter what was going on there, you kind of had to just succumb to the lifestyle to mm. be in the business. And a lot of times I, I didn't really feel great about it. Um, I was never seeing my family my mom was always upset. Um, but I was doing this, you know, this fun, great thing and, and trying to better myself in my career. And, uh, it was a little bit of a catch 22 to, you know, what, what are all the sacrifices I have to make? Well, no Christmas and no birthday. And, mm. you know, I, I think I was in South Africa for my birthday with a bunch of strangers, wow. <laughs> but you know, it was what I had to do, uh, to, to make it happen. And now it's great, um, having, you know, all these new companies arising, AEW being mm -hmm. kind of the one that spearheaded the uh, idea that you don't have to give up everything in your life. Uh, to be a pro wrestler. Um, we have people on our, our roster that do 
all kinds of things. We have an architect, we have a dentist, um, they practice, they, they do their normal jobs and then they're able to still be here every weekend and, you know, live out the stream that they've had of being pro wrestlers. So it's kind of really nice to see that you don't have to give everything up to follow your dream. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have even known that you had to give up so much for WWE. I mean, to be able to, for, for wrestling in that regard. And I do definitely want to jump into more AEW later on in the program, but just to sort of wrap things up, I mean, what do you wish you knew about wrestling about, you know, the whole league before you jumped into it that you would tell maybe your younger self now, you know, One thing that I have to always give credit to is um, people who are in the wrestling business will always tell you what to expect. And you always think it's going to be different for you. It's not, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not going to be, it's always what they told you. And then you'll reflect back on it and say, you know, this person told me it would be like this and I just didn't listen. Um, But uh, you know, it, it is something that you have to fully commit to. Um, whether it's that you're, you know, wrestling five days a week or you're wrestling two days a week, you, you still have to be fully committed in order to be healthy and be safe and be safe for other people that you work with. Um, so I think that's one, one thing that, you know, people, they, they feel like, uh, they take this job and they're going to just be paid to, you know, look great and, and feel great. Um, it's a lot of work. You're sore all the time, (laughs) Um, but you know, it's worth the reward. And and if you really love this and you really love the feeling of getting to perform and being out there and telling these stories, um, there's really nothing like it. It reminds me so much of skating. So Mm. that's one of the reasons why it it fits. (laughs) Yeah, definitely that performance and presentation. And just to track back, you said that you, you know, people have given you advice and you think it's, it would be different. What, what was that advice that you got? Um, one person that I, I had talked to had said, you know, well, two, two bits of advice here, same person. Um, they had told me, you know, don't expect or expect for your family and friends to, to be upset because you're not going to be able to be around for all of the things that, that you're normally around for. And, um, I really, I really worked extremely hard to make sure to, to try to, you know, be there for, for a lot of things, but there were a lot of close calls. Like, I mean, my, my uh, brother has two beautiful daughters, I almost missed them both, um, <laughs> like their births. And, and, um, you know, I, I really had to like pull strings and, and do a lot to, to be able to be there. But, um, there are a lot of times where family's disappointed. I feel like, uh, my poor mother <laughs> is disappointed a lot of times cause I'm not able to make it for Christmas or her birthday or, you know, Easter or whatever. Um, but she, you know, she's starting to learn. Um, and, and she, she accepts it and understands, but, uh, another thing I was told was, um, beware of the boys in wrestling and the mm. boys are the male wrestlers. They're all going to be interested in you. And of course I married one. So that, was <laughs> so that advice was correct then, I guess, looking <laughs> exactly. back on it. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, your husband, um, Cody Rose, we were going to talk about him in just a second, but I think the fact that you went through so much with TV broadcasting and also figure skating, having to miss everything, probably in those elements, maybe prepared you for having a life like this and being able to to be okay with some things like that. Cause we know, you know, everyone who's working on this show right now is, has had to give up so much too, to be able to continue living dreams of broadcasting and, and all that. Cause you're right. It just doesn't sleep ever. That's not saying that that's okay at all. It's just <laughs> sort of what we've become to know is the norm, but um, we got to go to break right now. Considering one of those people I just mentioned is telling me to wrap things up, but we'll have a whole <laughs> lot more coming up with Brandy Rhodes after this. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mmm. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB, and we have Brandy Rhodes here, American professional wrestler, chief branding officer with AEW, and ring commentator on AEW Dynamite on TNT Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Wow, my brain still works in quarantine with a couple of tequila <laughs> shots in here. And you're my girl on this. A shot of Brandy also has a drinking show. She's already taped like three shows already and has more after this. So I'm, I'm unfortunately now my bosses can hear this because then they'll be like, you can do that too, obviously. <laughs> so um, it's very impressive. You are doing everything and, and anything at this moment. So. Cheers well, to you. I was eating I was eating a lot of popcorn before we started to try and <laughs> soak some stuff up. So <laughs> well, I'm impressed. I'm Canadian, so like that's sort of in our DNA and uh it's popcorn <laughs> soaking up the booze is part of the playbook. Okay, so you were just mentioning before the break about stay away from the boys, the male wrestlers, and you are now married to Cody Rhodes, who of course is a, a very well known American professional wrestler, son of Dusty Rhodes. Hall of Fame wrestler for WWE. And so I read on your blog that you said, you know, you, you kind of held out from Cody really pursuing you for, you know, however long, because you said you didn't want it to interfere with your career and especially with wrestling. Uh, what was it that sort of was the, the cherry on top to say, okay, I'll give this guy a chance. No, oh, man. I, I just hoped that he would keep persisting. Cause I kind of had in my mind, you know, there's a few times that I have to say no. And then when he does say, Hey, can we go out? Finally, I can say yes, but I definitely have to say no these first few times. So I was just hopeful that he was sincere and wanting to actually get to know me and not going to just move on to the next mm -hmm. girl. Cause I said, no. <laughs> so thankfully, you know, he held out and he just kept, you know, asking, Hey, do you want to hang out? Hey, do you want to come out? Do you want to get some dinner? And finally, I, I, I think I had like a number like four in my mind it was like the fourth time he asks, I'm going to, I'm going to wow. say, okay. Yeah. And it, it was, it was, I mean, cause we weren't seeing each other all the time, you know, we go home and then we fly back and, and see each other on the road. So that was like a month that I had to keep saying no <laughs> to this, this great looking guy who's got, you know, the whole world in his hands. Usually they don't wait around that much longer <laughs> with stuff like that. So I was very, uh, pleased to learn that he was actually interested in me and just not trying to, you know, get a yeah. girl of the week. <laughs> right. I mean, he passed all the tests, which is really what we're looking for in a guy at this point. And especially, you know, you mentioned athletes and they are, they are bad. Like not all the, I mean, sorry guys, like you're not always the greatest <laughs> guys to date. Like it's not, not really no. rocket science, but there's there are good ones out there and it sounds like cody certainly is one of those and for you guys like you are married you work together and you've wrestled together like what is your dynamic like when you have to sort of you have this very personal relationship with someone but also a very public professional relationship too yeah no it's uh it's interesting because you know i feel like our our audience expects me to always have something to do with cody and then the moment that I want to do something else that's unrelated to him, that's him screaming. I'm positive. I don't know if you just heard that. <laughs> he, he should absolutely know better than to scream in the building. Especially but, during <laughs> this exact question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. There we do. do you want to come say hello? Come say hi. Yeah, come say hi. Come let's on. see. Let's We're see who this guy is right that now. pursued We're you for about that you. long. Here he is. Hello. <laughs> hey, Cody. How's it going? Now? We were talking about us dating, starting dating. Yeah. And that's, that is a great way to describe it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I forgot what we were saying. Cause he oh, was yes. so loud. So yeah, just the idea that you said you wanted to be able to, you know, whenever you do stuff on your own, that isn't with him, people right. always expect you together. Yeah. Yeah. It's really odd. Um, and right now I'm working with, um, his brother, Dustin, um, my brother-in-law and uh people are saying it's weird <laughs> but i'm like i don't know how it's weird that's like my brother so it it's okay we can separate and do different things from time to time people just have to get used to it i guess and that's even <laughs> keeping it within the family too exactly like that's, man these these wrestling narcs out there seem like a real <laughs> treat like just if trolls very aren't passionate. bad enough yeah like very passionate very yeah. passionate they they really just 
have a lot of opinions and they want them to be heard. But um, I feel like I've learned a lot in, in just this first year of AEW and that, um, you know, it, it's very good for us to listen to the fan base. Um, they like to feel heard. But at the end of the day, if you really feel strong about something in your gut, you just got to forge on and, and kind of treat it as noise. Because once you get to where you want to get to, a lot of times they're really going to like it. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a good perspective to have on it. Okay. Well, we want to talk a whole lot about AEW and what you've been doing with it and beyond when we come back after this break, guys, drink some things with Brandy Rhodes. Don't go anywhere. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the exciting adventure of the daily commute to the peace of mind that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service and legendary customer service. But Pamela Mund had one reason in particular. My skin is extremely averse to most fabrics, except for the soft, buttery feeling of leather. Thankfully, I found my clan of leather lovers in the biking community. It's been life-changing. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This is Gilbert Arenas, a.k.a. Agent Zero, a.k.a. the Hibachi. Catch me on Drink With Binks. Hey, guys, welcome back to Drinks With Binks. We've got American professional wrestler and chief branding officer of AEW, Brandy Rhodes, with us here today. And we've been wanting to talk AEW, and we are right now. It has been highly successful since it debuted, and very quickly too from being a part of this experience what do you think has been maybe the reason why it's caught on so quickly i think that um wrestling fans just for a long long time have wanted an alternative um they are very passionate as i said about wrestling in general so they they love it and they want to consume it um in the past few years, we've really been um, introduced to a lot of wrestling because of um, streaming and different platforms where you can see wrestling in different parts of the, the world. So they've come accustomed to a lot of uh, wrestlers in Japan and a lot of wrestlers in England and, and, and just different parts of the world where they've never seen it before. So they've been able to see all of these different styles and um, just come to know that wrestling doesn't have to just be one thing. So one thing that AEW promised uh, when we came on the scene is that you're going to get to see a lot of different stuff. You're not just going to see one thing. We're not just going to, you know, shove one thing at you and say, hey, you have to consume this and you have to love it. Um, You're going to be able to pick and choose. You're going to see wrestlers from China and Japan and from America and from Canada. And you're going to see all these different styles, uh, the Joshi style, which is a famous uh, style of wrestling in, in Japan for female wrestlers. Um, you're going to get introduced to all these things and then you're going to be able to choose what you like. Mm. Uh, and I think that that was just really attractive to fans who've been used to consuming what they felt like they had to consume if they were going to be a wrestling fan. So now I think, they're just consuming everything right now, right, which is yeah. fantastic. This is the best time to be a wrestling fan, um, especially for people who are what we call the laps fans, people who were fans many, many years ago, and then they kind of fell off. Now we're seeing them come back and they're like, oh my God, there's this all this phenomenal wrestling out there and we just didn't know about it. So um, that's kind of been our mission to make sure that people um, are, are understanding that wrestling is pretty much for everyone. There's, there's a style that everybody can enjoy. And you just kind of have to look into it. I love that. Yes. And uh, I feel like I find so many of those people that were massive fans when they were a kid and then just kind of, you know, weren't really following it as much and then now are super into it. And I think that that helps when you have another league that is combating really something that we've known forever. And, and both of both of them together are making each other better in some regard. Now for you, you're chief branding officer. You've also done some fighting in the ring. Like, what do you, like, how do you balance being on the screen and then also behind the scenes? And what do you want from this opportunity? I mean, the, the, the balance for me is more so the brand and always comes first because that's just so important, especially with us being so new, um, as we get things way more solidified in that department, I think you'll be able to see me more in the ring, but, um, you know, I, I started off as a ring announcer and I always wanted to be a wrestler and, um, this has just created that opportunity for me. I, I had to step away from being a part of a big organization and kind of get into grassroots and doing a lot of independent work and wrestling to kind of find my way on the scene. And I think uh, a lot of people can respect that. Um, 
a lot of people definitely won't make that decision. And I, I don't know that I would say, Hey, 10 out of 10 times it works out. But, um, a lot of times if you're going to be that dedicated, um, you are going to see some sort of reward, whether it's, uh, you know, just personal reward or, or, a greater, you know, success. And in this case, uh, I was very lucky to, to fall into a situation where I've seen it completely pay off, um, and hopefully continue to pay off. But, um, I think that, you know, establishing the brand has been very important to me because, um, when I got into the business, I, I saw a lot of holes that could be filled pretty easily if you just put the right people in and put a little bit of attention towards them. And a lot of that was uh, towards minorities and towards women. Mm -hmm. And um, putting a minority woman in the brand position uh, is a good choice <laughs> because I, I know a lot of um, the areas in which a lot of people feel like they're not represented or not given a chance. And so um, that's been a lot of my mission. Um, a lot of uh, my attention has gone towards uh, things like our, our new organization, which is AEW Heels, which is a women's community for fans um, by the women who are who are in, involved. So um, we just had our first Zoom kickoff party where all of these, I think it was about 300 female wrestling fans just all logged in at the same time. And we just all were talking about wrestling and what our difficulties are as being fans, what the difficulties are as being women in the business um, behind the scenes in front of the scenes and how we can all kind of come together and help each other. Uh, Cause all of our voices are super important. The female demographic is way bigger in wrestling than people know, but that's because they're not as vocal and they're mm -hmm. not as vocal because they don't feel as important. So I'm trying to elevate them and, and create a platform where they feel like their voices can be heard and their creativity is important. Um, I absolutely Sorry. love that. No, that is, <laughs> that's fired me up. Um, especially a woman in sports, you know, seeing someone it, it's, it's not everyone that can take that role and opportunity that you have and be such a strong voice. And it kind of tracks back to what you told me about even just starting in WWE when you're like, no, I don't really like the way that, that a female is treated in that regard. And so it kind of comes full circle in the way that now you are creating just a, a new environment that's way more welcoming and inclusive for so many different types of people. And we want to get into a whole lot more with you when mm -hmm. we come back. We have to take a quick break on Drinks with Binks with Brandy Rhodes. Don't go anywhere. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Thinks with Brandy Rhodes from AEW. You were giving a very powerful statement about what you want to do with um, including women and minorities in wrestling. So how has having a women's division with AEW been accepted? A lot of people who have been a little, you know, I guess uh, negative against the beginnings of the women's division because all of these women are unknowns that are making their way for themselves and making their names. Um, unlike our men's division who have really strong names like Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho and John Moxley and Brody Lee. Um, these are all in wrestling household names, whereas our women are um, all kind of independent talents or um, talents like myself that started doing other things and, and are transitioning into wrestling in the mainstream. And um, it's, it's a harder road for these girls, but man, they've really stayed the course and um, they're really starting to prove themselves as, as really incredible talents and the thickest of skin uh, of anybody. So um, a huge, huge testament to all of our ladies that are working so hard at AEW to really establish our women's division. Um, a huge congratulations to Hikaru Shida, who just won the AEW Women's World Championship. So awesome. um, we're, yeah, we're really on our way and, and, and making huge strides. Okay, great. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into this, but just when you look at what your opportunity is with AEW and beyond, like, what do you hope you know, people sort of say about your influence and maybe what your stamp could be on wrestling and beyond. 
So uh, one thing in wrestling is the goalpost always moves. So every time people move the goalpost on me, I know I've made a huge stride. So uh, the first thing was um, she's just here because she's Cody's wife and she's not going to do anything. And then I introduced um, sensory inclusive wrestling, which has never been done in wrestling before. And then they moved the, the goalpost to, well, that's all she's ever done. So now I'm bringing heels, uh, the first ever female community in wrestling. And I'm sure the goalpost will move again. Um, but every time the goalpost moves, I know I've made a major marquee moment in wrestling. So um, that's really what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to continue to make them move the goalposts uh, to let me know that I've actually done something right. I love it. You just keep pushing it and keep pursuing and you're you always have something on the go. It seems like whether it's reality TV, a new toy line, the heels that you're doing, um, you know, how do you how do you balance it all? You're, you're just so busy. Um, I have really excellent people who help me and, and work um, very closely with me, one of which is uh, Leva Bates, who's also another female wrestler and, and manager on our roster. Um, she, she helps me immensely stay organized and, and keep everything moving forward. And um, we have an awesome PR team, Mandy O'Donnell and uh, Courtney Brown from Turner. Those ladies, uh, we all just work really hard together to keep each other on track and keep just the ball rolling. So without those people... I don't think I would have made it nearly this far. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, you would have gone pretty far regardless because you have quite the resume and the gumption to keep going. All right, guys, we got to take a quick break, but we will be back with Brandy Rhodes and a whole lot more on Drinks of Things. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, somebody's going to get punched in the nose by Alec Baldwin. The left and the right pile on his wife, Hilaria, for alleged cultural appropriation. And what our reaction to the death of Gilligan's Island's Mary Ann says about us. Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. time drinking and binking with Brandy Rhodes here learning about her career before wrestling what she's doing now what else would you want to do beyond the world of wrestling in a very short amount of time I'm giving you well I've been encouraged to create some sort of fashion line so uh, part of that is calling my my company heels and people thought that it would have actual heels so <laughs> so now I'm, I've been kind of encouraged to, to bring it into fashion so that's kind of the the future 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 hope Great. Well, you already have the demand. And now where can we find you next? What's going on in your life? Um, well, I'm always on Instagram and Twitter at the Brandy Rhodes, Brandy with an I. Um, I'm cooking up and, and, and drinking like crazy on a shot of Brandy, which is on All Elite Wrestling's YouTube channel. So check that out. It's every other Sunday. Um, crazy guests on that. And the next few episodes are insane. Um, I literally crawl out of the kitchen at one point. So sure that'll be part of <laughs> part of the episode um but yeah there, there's of course aw dynamite every wednesday night we're live even through the pandemic we're here for you guys to just have fun and see incredible action and laugh a little bit too so join me every wednesday awesome. great stuff <laughs> okay well you've given me inspiration to break those barriers as well as to crawl out of the kitchen on my next interview <laughs> on drinks with things guys follow us on fubo sports Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, so many great interviews, including this one with Brandy Rhodes. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers.